Who am I meeting today? None other than Ben Francis, the founder of Gymshark. I built a website that would sell number plates or registrations for cars and vehicles online. That was the first thing that I ever did. I taught, taught myself to make iPhone apps, so I made four iPhone apps. The big driving factor was just a desire to be involved in fitness. Tried and failed, tried and failed until I'd actually built a complete app. It was just that feeling of building something and completing it that was really important. You know, Gymshark, it's, it was the UK's fastest growing business um, and it took months to get our first sale. But you know, if after two weeks I'd have just sort of cancelled it and forgotten about it, then we wouldn't be where we are today. You know, it wasn't better than what else was out there. So I think that's why it took a bit of time. We couldn't get people to the website. Was there a moment where you did think this isn't working? I could have sort of fallen over on the first hurdle, you know, gone and got funding and done it the conventional way. But the lack of funding actually taught me to think creatively and outside the box. I'm a firm believer that you have to make sure that you've got a brilliant, brilliant business. You have to creatively try and solve all the problems. So here we are, the big reveal. Who am I meeting today? None other than Ben Francis, the founder of Gymshark. Ben, welcome. Well, good, uh, it's good to see you. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, thank you for having us at this amazing HQ you've got here. We were just in the lifting club and uh, your trainers down there said, come down afterwards and work out. We're like, mm -hmm. okay, we will. <laughs> but it looks unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. The, honestly, the lifting clubs change this place because it's, it's just brilliant because you can sort of jump into the lifting club and go into the gym at lunch, after work. After work on Mondays and Fridays, it's a it's an amazing place to be. We also had um, some free breakfast on you this morning nice. too. In, in, in refuel, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. So um, and everybody's so friendly. Mm. It, it's such a nice vibe. You built a real nice culture here. Thank you. It's honestly it's the thing we're most proud of, and I love it because when people get to walk through the doors here, you can really feel the buzz, and it's something that's really important to us. I think building culture is one of those things that's it's really hard, tangible. It's not an easily thing to explain in a exactly. PowerPoint how you're going to build a company, right? Mm -hmm. But it really, uh, you really feel it when you're here. So exactly. for those that are listening, um, they should just kind of gate crash and come and come and check it out. <laughs> but it's, it's really amazing. I, I, guess today I, I wanted to talk a little bit um, about side hustles. Yes. And, and a lot of people um, on, on our channel are always asking and on TikTok are always asking about how do I start a side hustle? Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes they talk about how they need money and they need this. I thought there would be no better person on the planet to talk mm -hmm. about your early side hustles. Yes. And I know Gymshark was a side hustle mm -hmm. that's turned into this incredible business. Absolutely. But maybe talk about some of your other side hustles and the, and the mindset at the time back then. So the first, so I mean, as a young, young kid, I would just, my, my granddad had a, a business where we would line furnaces. So I would sort of mess around and help him a little bit here and there. The first thing that I really went out and did, I guess on my own, I say on my own, I, I worked closely with um, two of my close friends, a guy called Colin and Elliot. Um, I built a website that would sell number plates or registrations for cars and vehicles online. That was the first thing that I ever did. Um, after that, fitness apps, I taught, taught myself to make iPhone apps. So I made four iPhone apps, I think a handful of websites. So yeah, Gymshark was also a side hustle. It was this sixth or seventh website that I'd made, I think. So um, I just sort of pursued what I really enjoyed. So fitness was the thing for me. So I made a fitness social network, a fitness forum, uh, a fitness app, obviously Gymshark. So I just used side hustles to pursue what I loved. And these early side hustles that you mm. built, I mean, people listening, you know, they dream of doing it. So did you, was it just a question of you went on a course to learn programming and then mm. sat down and made something? Or was it some inspiration? How did it come about? So 
So the thing for me, the, the big driving factor was just a desire to be involved in fitness. Now, on the side, I did um, IT. I did a BTEC in IT in sixth form. So I think you do sixth form at 16, 17 years old, I think it is. Um, so I had a basic understanding of how to build things from from that. Now, outside of that, I just went on YouTube. And I think, you know, YouTube's such an incredible resource. And I spent a lot of time learning how to build things through social. Um, and then basically just sat there and plugged away and you know, tried and failed, tried and failed until I'd actually built a complete app, um, put it out on the app store. And I mean, listen, it didn't set the world alight. It wasn't incredible. But for me, it was just that feeling of building something and completing it that was really important. I think this is a really important point as well you're mentioning there. People think things take off from day one mm. and that's how you know it's the right thing, right? So it's persistence, isn't it, you're talking about Persistence. There. I mean, the best example of that would be, you know, Gymshark. It's, it was the UK's fastest growing business um, and it took months to get our first sale but you know if after two weeks i'd have just sort of cancelled it and forgotten about it then we wouldn't be where we are today so yeah things don't always happen overnight and there's that there's that quote isn't there you hear everywhere like an overnight success actually takes years which is it is completely true mm. it takes years and years of, of effort it takes many many failures um and i think it's a good job that you're talking about this because one it's not talked about enough and it's because you know to hit the headlines it's not five websites failed it's the one that did incredibly well um and the more people that i speak to that are great leaders great business people great entrepreneurs have so many failures beforehand and the thing that i really admire about them is their ability to remain optimistic throughout all of those failures and i, I think it's great that you're talking about it because it's not spoken about enough mm. yeah i mean i i always uh, say that failure is the reason I'm successful right? I mean mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that's so key but people do want instant successes but four months I can't believe it because the product I'm, I've, I've just bought some Gymshark mm -hmm. stuff myself Thank you. and it's, it's awesome Thank uh, so why was it four months was it was it just trying to um, narrow on the social side yeah or? it was so 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 Gymshark specifically, I just wanted to be involved in fitness. And as an aside, because I'd made a social network of forum apps, I wanted to make a website that would transact. So I put supplements on the website and it was a case of, for me, the finished product was a website that would transact supplements. Now we drop ship those supplements because we couldn't afford to buy the stock in. Um, and I think we just, you know, it wasn't better than what else was out there. So I think that's why it took a bit of time. We couldn't get people to the website. We started to use Facebook and social medias to try and drive traffic to the website. Um, I think the reason we didn't get sales is just because people weren't accessing the website, essentially. Was there a moment where you did think this isn't working? Oh, God. Yes, many. Um, so obviously in the very beginning. Now, I just want to also start by saying there was there's, at the start, there was times where I thought this isn't working, but that wasn't like a concern. It was a case of, oh, this also isn't working, just like all the things previously. But I had I'd sort of set my my I guess my bar relatively low. So I, I go back to my initial reason for sort of getting involved in the apps and the um, the websites was. I want to be involved in fitness. So even a bad app or a bad website gets me involved in fitness. So once I'd done that, I was like, okay, brilliant. I'm involved in fitness. This is this is amazing, right? Now I want a website that's going to transact. Finish the website that was going to transact. And, you know, my bar was just raised very slightly. And then once the website transacted, it was a case of let's get a sale, manage to get a sale. And then it was let's get consistent sales. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wow, no one's making the clothes that we want to wear. So work hard at Pizza Hut, save money to uh, um, buy a screen printer and a sewing machine, learn how to make clothing. I always set the bar very, very low um, 
but you know it was sort of incremental improvement and it was progressing what we were doing i actually think that's you don't hear that enough either set the bar low i mean you mm -hmm. always hear like aim for the sky and you mm -hmm. know think big and all these great instagram quotes but mm -hmm. actually setting the bar low is pretty interesting it, as well, a model well it is and it's like so people are, people ask me today it's a case of did you think or did you ever set out to create a global brand like no, 18-year-old Ben didn't sit there and go, I want to create a global brand. Ben said, I want to be involved in fitness. I want a website that will transact. I want to learn how to make a tank. I want to sell a tank. I want to sell a, a product. I want to regularly sell a product. I want to do an event. And then all of these things slowly over years and years and years add up to everything that you see today. Mm. This is called compounding. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the investment world, they use this a lot, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's compounding brand building. Is mm -hmm. it? I, I guess um, I know um, a lot of people listening still like they, they look at you, this kind of, you built a company from zero to a billion and you know, you've, you've done this incredible thing. The thing I find, and I've watched all your stuff in the last few days, I've got overdosed on Ben and it, <laughs> it's, it's inspired me, but there's an energy about you, this mm -hmm. hunger that you have that is both uh, authentic, but relentless mm. and people listening how do they get that hunger how, how, did, how did you get that hunger at such a young age um i don't know if i'm honest i think i'm really fortunate now because i'm surrounded by amazing amazing people so the and by the way like you said you got the the bug you felt the culture as you walk in the door there's so many great people here that now because i've got personally i'm in that place i've got that momentum it's quite easy to do at the start again i think the hunger is maintained through again setting the bar low having achievable goals and it's almost like every time you achieve one of those goals you get that sort of dopamine hit do you know what i mean it, it feels great mm. um i think that's probably the best way of doing it and that's not to say i didn't have huge ambitious goals down the line they were almost like the dream and it was somewhere like in the back of my mind but i was really focused on every day take each day as it comes focus on my dream of you know really being involved in fitness and giving other people the same opportunities that I had so the reason by the way I'm into fitness is because it completely changed my life in joining the gym my school life got better everything I did here got better um, and I'm driven by giving as many other people that experience as possible were your parents entrepreneurial was that, is that um yeah so my I mean my dad worked locally um in like a networks company my mom worked in the NHS so they they weren't entrepreneurial as such my both of my grandparents on my dad's side ran a taxi company on my mum's side ran the furnace company so I was definitely exposed to I guess entrepreneurship from a young age actually I would grow up and my so my nan's father so my great-grandfather they would tell stories about in um in Birmingham he owned like a shop that sold sort of um I think it was like tellies and stuff and he would sort of put a telly at the front of the uh the shop and put like the Villa or Blues games on um so that people passers-by could watch them and you know those sorts of stories growing up definitely had an impact on me work experience with my granddad as well definitely had an impact on me um but yeah both of my parents are just ridiculously hard working they must be very proud of you i think they are yeah yeah we have to ask them sometimes <laughs> yeah I, I, I think how can they not be it's incredible what you've done do you think the i mean a lot of young people that we talk to in our network are talking about how they need money to start a business. You mm -hmm. know, that's almost like the first port of call. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've watched some of your interviews where you talked about how you had, you managed to save up 15,000 pounds to do the event that you did that kind mm -hmm. of maybe helped uh, Gymshark become what it's become today. But, but what about that point? Do you, do you think, did, did money ever stop you? Do you think money, how, how do you get over that I need money to start a business hurdle? I that think, so I think it depends on the business. So if you're, I don't know, in certain businesses, 
you won't need masses of funds, right? If you want to do something crazy in tech or sciences, then I can completely understand why you would need funds. And then at that point, you as yourself need to, you need to orient yourself in a completely different way, right? So if I need funding for my business, and there's not, it's not like a right or wrong way, right? We didn't need funding and we didn't want funding. Um, so I oriented myself in a way that was completely consumer focused, product focused and brand focused. And However, if I was going the other way and I needed a business where I did need support and I did need funding, then I'd orient myself very much consumer focused, but I would have had to learn a different set of skills than I had to learn. So I'd have to learn to truly sell into more finance focused people or investors. And that's a skill I've only more recently learned, by the way. Um, So I don't think there's a right and a wrong. I do think there's more opportunities to start businesses without needing huge amounts of money than people think. There were definitely periods where I thought, I'll give you an example. Back in the early days, we started using Google Ads and it was a bit expensive for us, but it was it was it was good, right? And I remember thinking, if only we had a bit more money, we could do something cool here. And I just thought, no, we don't have that money, so I need to think of another way of doing it. Now, at the time, Google Shopping was free, and I found out that if you named a product in the back end of the website the keyword that you wanted to get to, then it would go straight to the top of Google Shopping and it would be like a almost like a backdoor route of getting to the top of Google. I could have sort of fallen over on the first hurdle, you know, gone and got funding and done it the conventional way. But the lack of funding actually taught me to think creatively and outside the box. And it gave me a solution that was, you know, better than the, uh, you know, the typical way. So like I said, I think it varies on the business, but I do think there are more ways to think creatively than people originally uh, ordinarily think. I actually think nine out of 10 businesses don't need money at the beginning. Certainly mm. the first 10 steps of telling people your idea and all mm. of that sort of stuff, you can get it quite far down the line without money. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're mentioning here is such a, a critical point that, that there is always this belief that money's going to make the business do better. But actually, it's, it's shown, of course, innovator's dilemma, right? This whole point that sometimes people who have a lot of money don't innovate. They get stuck. Yeah. And, and without without that, that crux well, money. What you've got to remember is Money and funding will only exaggerate what already exists. So if you've got a poor business, you can put hundreds of millions at it, but it's not going to make any difference. It's just going to, you know, further what already exists. So I'm a firm believer that you have to make sure that you've got a brilliant, brilliant business. You have to creatively try and solve all the problems. Only at that point, if you truly, truly then need funding, then I think you should go for it. True. Yeah, well, look, I mean, it, we've, we're going to have you uh, on the TikTok live event mm-hmm. soon. And I know we already had lots of questions coming in about how to find a co-founder and all mm-hmm. that, you know, how to get the co-founder relationship right, mm-hmm. how to raise money, which you mentioned you have uh, now learned to do, mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about, you know, things like trademarking and all of those sorts of things we'll be talking about in the TikTok live event coming up. So um, we'll wrap this up. But thank you for sharing your, your backstory and your knowledge as always. Thank you.